1: FM to get started.
2: From protecting kayfabe to accusations of talent theft, you listen to them talk about the AWA. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen. That's me. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yes, hello, and welcome to After 83 Weeks. You are jamming out to the AWA theme. And
0: that's the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Happened. That's all we got.
2: (laughs) Well, you guys are all fans, so you know they talked a whole bunch at the beginning of that. Uh, We busted it out anyway, though. Welcome to the show. This was a really, really juicy episode with Eric breaking down his experience with the AWA. And this is, of course, the first ever podcast about a podcast. So you know we're going to have a good time. We are not live on YouTube tonight. I apologize. They're having some uh, streaming issues up in here. But we appreciate you tuning in a little later anyway. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Give us five stars. Write a little comment because I like to shout people out. Because I mostly like to figure out how to try to say their names. <laughs> so a fun, you guys... Challenge. Joseph Chris? Boza. Jobo. Well, while yes. you guys all get on that Please and thank you. Let me introduce you to the panel tonight. All the usual suspects. All my favorite guys are in the house tonight. Starting with oh, oh
1: no, no, just oh, no, no. no. so gonna leave me hanging no.
3: on. It's too oh, sweet. Okay. There we go. No. Oh, you blow it up. You yeah. What did he just say? You all like this watch? That's what he just said. I know. That's, no, that's a new. Whenever they're of it. done
2: playing, that's I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the voices of one Steve Kaufman. Hello. And too sweet
1: <laughs> me. Too sweet me. Double too sweet me. We have to blow it up, apparently. Okay, stop.
2: Oh my God. She's jealous.
0: The people listening want to hear the too sweet.
2: We are not even like two minutes in, and my patients are gone with these two. I love you guys, Christian Rosenberg. Hey, how's it going? Well, thank you. And George Hermosa. I don't even know if I said you already. All right, guys, whenever you're done clowning around, okay, I have some breaking news for you. Breaking news?
0: Hmm? Is it is this re, is this regarding did uh, did Eric finally do you find out what Eric was trying to talk to you about?
2: That is the breaking news. Oh, you found
0: out, oh, wow! Was what? it about Thanksgiving? Hold on, I want to know it was what about this Black is. Christ? So, oh well, Phil he, George wasn't here last week.
2: The news is that <laughs> uh-huh. I still have not talked to him. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> but he tweeted he Wait. tweeted Chrissy saying there's something we need to talk we need to talk about. I something. saw that, and then she
3: responded with an Alexa Bliss gift,
0: and I, and, a and, a gift? and I and I responded with like a little like head sneaking out trying to watch and then okay. hide. Uh, no, but I, I want to know what it is. I do too. And we're still
2: dying. We did some speculation last week. Some of the, some of you guys have kind of weighed in, and told us what you think. Are also, you the did, fourth man? <laughs> he didn't DM you. I, I can only hope he did not. He did not slide into my DMs, y'all. Oh,
1: um, <laughs> I just talked to him. What? what oh, wait, wait, what? What? Wait, what?
2: did he did he tweet you too?
1: No, I we I run his YouTube page. We we spoke on the phone, um,
2: like in person. Words.
1: Words like dialogue, in, conversation. Yes,
2: sentences. Um, well, don't keep us waiting, oh, Steve sorry. Kaufman. He,
1: he wants, starting next week, to do this show on YouTube.com slash after 80... or er, YouTube.com slash 83 weeks for the next eight weeks, starting next week. Oh,
2: what? He- it's like a... We got picked up by the 83 Weeks YouTube channel?
1: Yes. Yes, you did. By,
0: by your name. YouTube
1: channel? By Eric's YouTube <laughs> okay. channel that I run. Don't...
2: <laughs> this is awesome that news.
1: That is, yes. It is awesome news. Um... For those who are looking forward to us being live, sadly, we have to be live to tape on Tuesday nights, so it'll likely be Wednesdays at, let's call it, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'll yeah. have to work out a time with after 9
0: p.m. Eastern.
3: Sure, All so,
1: that-
0: but, but will it be, the like, the same, like, will it will be this same show?
1: It'll be this same show, but we'll be at a 40-minute condensed version, because Eric's going to want to call in and answer our questions yeah. for 20 oh, minutes. Wow. Oh. Hell yeah! Oh, I'm sorry. I should have led with that. Yes, Eric wants oh, to right. be on this show. Oh, wow. Eric loves this show so much. He has seen it.
0: He's he's He wants to respond to George's BS meter. <laughs> he does.
1: Personally. Oh, wow. And he wants George to be able to call him out on the BS meter. But it'll be eight weeks starting next week. I haven't looked at a calendar. I feel like the holidays break that up somewhere. Right. Sure. But it's going to be an eight-week eight week
2: run. More information is going to come. That is really awesome. And you guys will all be able to submit your questions for Eric Bischoff using hashtag after 83 weeks, of course, because it's all about you guys. And That's I cool. know we're gonna have some burning questions for him. Wow. That I is awesome. Thought, Thank I thought you, he hit Steve. you up. What I'm... can we
0: what can we talk to him about? Hmm.
2: Well, I would have some questions for this Week How about the rest of you guys. I wanna I wanna start with this before we before we get rolling on this episode of 83 Weeks talking about the AWA. Two out of the three of you, at least, Steve, you may have said this, too. You guys were nervous for this episode. <laughs> Even last week before they did it, you both said to me, yeah. Christian and, and George, you both said to me, Oh, I don't know about next week. Well, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge about AWA. Like, you two were worried you weren't going to be geniuses for once.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's hard to believe that George and I, I mean, I'm sure we probably throw Steve in this as well. Uh, we know stuff.
2: Lots of stuff.
0: But AWA, I mean, for all three of us, really was kind of, you know, before our time. I know when it was on ESPN at that time, my family didn't have cable, mm-hmm. so I didn't even get, watch it. I had no idea AWA was a thing until, like, WWE started talking about it in some of their documentaries yeah. of, mm-hmm. of, of wrestling. Like, I, I'm like, oh, that's one of those companies. And then, like, I found a little more, like, oh, Vern Gagne is actually, mm-hmm. like, a... Uh, like, a pretty big deal. And <laughs> it was like,
1: oh, wait, this was, like, a major promotion also, that I don't know. Also, one of the much later ESPNs, like, ESPN 4, ESPN 5. Oh, the classic ones? The like old one, is they, Up until, like, fairly recently, given, like, the the lifespan of AWA, ESPN would re-air the episodes mm-hmm. at, like, 1 a.m. Like, yeah. it would be, like, ESPN 4 at 1 a.m. Until, I want to say until WWE officially bought all the tape libraries, because I think there was... There was some controversy between the tape li- the recorded tape library, and then the show they cut together for ESPN. That ESPN would continue to re-air the show because the thing about ESPN. So is, something I've seen.
3: The thing about ESPN is, if they air it at some point throughout their time, they can air it whenever they want, no matter <clears> who <throat> owns the library. Um, yeah, that, 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 that was their deal. But the thing about A- 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 AWA is because they show like AWA, USWA, I think world class and global. Yeah. That's what ESPN. I'm not gonna lie. I thought AWA was boring.
0: Well, I, like I learned, like like I said, I learned about all those pretty much around the same time. So I didn't really even know until Bischoff's book yeah. that he was even a part of AWA. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. this was yeah. just all new knowledge to me until that point. So I was very intrigued by I think I mentioned this last week. I was very intrigued for this episode because it was all oh, the beginnings of Eric Bischoff mm-hmm. in wrestling. I think that was cool. Yeah, and so, like, I was very intrigued by that. But as far as, oh, well, I mean, I know... You know, a number of people that have come from the AWA now that I've, you know, learned a little bit about it. But there's so much about it that I just don't really know.
2: Well, if people want to watch AWA, of course, it is available on the WWE yes. Network. I wasn't able to find this hidden gem section and whatever mm-hmm. they were talking about. They did a a, pe- a Patreon watch-along, which mm. I'm sure is, is really cool to check out sure. if you guys are, are part of their Patreon group. But um, I so I watched um, a couple other AWA things this afternoon as I was as I was listening. But I didn't I couldn't find this hidden gem thing that they were oh, talking
3: the, about. the, I, the team challenge. Team challenge. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. overall I don't know. It just I think it was just kind of bland. But I remember watching having like an old tape that was like Hulk Hogan videotape that wasn't WWF. And I remember it was like him and Andre against Bachwinkle And mm. obviously there's some gems that came out of AWA like like Nick Bachwinkle is probably one of the best heels sure. of all
2: time that nobody yes, ever talked about. And someone that Eric Bischoff did mention yeah. in this episode. Christian Rosenberg, if people want to watch some other fun wrestling programming, like the AfterBuzz fans out there, where could, they, uh, where could they do that? You got some more info? Oh,
0: you mean, for me to tell the AfterBuzzers, like, right now? Yeah. Like, I should look in the camera right over here? That one. Hey, AfterBuzzers. Our network produces aftershows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But, we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, just don't. Don't be. They're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on the air. But for now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk.
2: You guys are the best, and you can discover some of the other AfterBuzz shows there. Kind of like how Eric Bischoff discovered the AWA when he moved to Minneapolis as a teenager. He he wasn't that familiar with it either, so you guys aren't hmm. aren't the only ones. He told this really great story about how he kind of got to know Vern. How Vern came to one of his high school wrestling tournaments. Can you imagine what a huge deal that would be? And that he was someone. They, he also told a cute story of these guys trying to like as teenagers trying to stalk out Vern's house. Like, he lived way behind the fence, but they tried to go and do that. I kind of want to do that That sounds
1: like some fun neighborhood kid stuff. I know,
2: right? (laughs) I know, right? Well, Eric was uh, up to some hijinks of his own at this time. Of course, he was doing the Ninja Star Wars game, another thing we've read about in his book, with Sonny Ono. And he wanted to run commercials on AWA. This was a few years after their initial meeting. This was a cool story. This is how eventually how Eric Bischoff got into AWA. We heard the whole story. What was your guy's take on this?
3: I uh, think typical. I mean, I, I learned that everything kind of surrounds around sales, and I think Bischoff kind of said that a few times, where it's all sales and, and wrestling's not that different in terms of like you know getting commercial time and just getting uh-huh. getting getting his product out there.
1: Yeah, I. I'm learning that as well, that it's all very, like, you'd be shocked how easy it is to, like, some of the, some of your favorite podcasters, you'd be shocked at the mm-hmm. ad rate for, you'd be shocked at the, ad, the live read ad rate for an actual podcast, like, hypothetically, if you had written a book, and the book went for $20, and you were really just trying to boost the sales of the book to build a property around that book, mm-hmm. if you, any podcast that would fit, the audience would loosely fit, if you were willing to give up 10 of the $20 you'd make in profit for that book, they would live read that for free. I guarantee, like, when it comes to ad sales, like, it's not just, like, he didn't go in there and say, I'd like to give you money to advertise. Right. He didn't have any money. He had a thing. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a lot of things. He wanted to sell them. He came in and said, I have, a potential, I have potential sales, and then I'm gonna give you money on potential sales. It's way, way easier to sell that.
0: Than it is. And what I found really interesting with it was it was, like, the rare occurrence where it worked too well.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And they sold more than they expected. And then, of course, kids did it without their parents' permission. Remember those commercials? Under 18, always ask your parents' permission. Those kids did not. And so a bunch got sent back. So it was like, oh, about that money that I promised you. Here it is. About the money that I was going to make, it
1: it's kind of gone.
2: No, <laughs> and I and I tried to look for um, even a picture of the game or some some kind of multimedia from the game, and I couldn't come across anything. I couldn't Steve?
1: I couldn't find something that said Ninja Star Wars on it. But yeah. I did. There are people selling it for like seven dollars. That it's a velcro vest and then a um, it's a velcro vest and then kind of a cloth. Ninja star okay. with something in it so it would have some weight, but otherwise you're throwing cloth ninja stars at a velcro vest so they'll like stick to the vest. If
0: one of our fans can find that oh. and buy one and send it to us, I will gladly throw those stars at Steve <laughs> on air.
1: We can do this.
2: That sounds like a fun challenge. Actually. I
1: challenge accepted. Okay, <laughs> has to be ninja Star Wars. It can't just be like knockoff. It can't be something. Can't be not, a real ninja star. It cannot be real oh. ninja stars unless we're throwing them at each other. No, 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 no. No, I that's not part of the have, deal. I don't think either of no. us have death wishes.
2: No. Well, I want to point out Eric Bischoff used the word hustler while talking about this and describing himself. <laughs> and Steve Kaufman and I, I think, I think it was on the air. We had a little, a little, uh, a little discussion about this. How I think that calling someone a hustler, as I usually say to Steve Fair. Kaufman, is a positive thing. Him being someone from Philadelphia, it has a negative connotation. I w- Bischoff meant it kindly. He meant it himself. kindly
1: and about a hustle. And like I, I'm, I've brought this up to multiple people who have brought it back to me of like steve you you run many a hustle
0: yeah you're a good you dude. You, you are a hustler
1: I, I don't know but i mean that in a
0: good way i know i <laughs> i, I no, think not would that be a bad thing i yeah. think
1: i'm stuck in the tom cruise movie where a worker never hustles and a hustler never works <laughs> i'm not I'm comparing
0: always, you to larry flynn I'm just i've always seen
1: myself as a worker and then people are calling me a, i don't i don't know well get, you're get in, in the comments you're in good, good company
2: thing. with eric bischoff who eventually became the syndication manager over at AWA. Apparently he made such an impression that they called him up and said, "Hey, you want a job?" and he said, "Yeah, I do." That's pretty cool. This was something that he of course knew knew very well. He had worked in sales before, but this came with a big moment a little while down the road where he got to actually sit in the production truck during the show and be the technical director. This was it was really um I don't. I don't want to sound demeaning and say like it was really cute, but it was really cute. How Bishop yeah. talked about how excited he was to sit in on the production truck and to really, for the first time, kind of get involved in the actual show.
0: It it it, it sounded like it was almost like he was on a field trip for something he was really into, <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Um, I mean, that mm-hmm. well, that was the vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. but which which is good. Then, but it's it's a good thing because I mean. We even get that, you know, once in a while if we go and experience some of we interview someone, if we go somewhere, we're we're all adults kind of <laughs> and if we like all of a sudden be like, Wow, this is this is really, really cool. Like I, I I I wish I was here more often. Like, you know, it was that type of feeling and and any age can get that. But mm-hmm. the way he described yeah. it was cute, but it's like, well no, i I remember I did the same thing the first time I did like you know the interviews at, at like around WrestleMania time. I was like, I want to do this every day. it's so much fun. Yay. Yeah, I've been there. I'm, I've been yeah. there,
3: and it's just so like it just you want to be there even more. Yes, like, you're just not even not even maybe being in charge just yet, but just kind of being in that truck around everybody that kind of makes a decision because it's all learning. Like you're right. learning from the director, you're learning from the executive producer, mm. you're looking from so many people, and yeah. I don't blame you for saying it. it was cute because it's it's so cool to just be in that in that facility.
1: But I think beyond that, he talks a lot about how he was just a guy who kind of happened into this, and mm-hmm. like he talks a lot about it. like I'm just this normal regular guy. Whereas I don't want to say he doesn't give himself enough credit, but the fact like most people, like most salespeople who are just trying to make a buck, hustlers, if you will, who are just like I'm just trying to sell these I'm just trying to sell these two dollar tours for twenty dollars, right. Would then get a job as a syndicator selling syndication and be like, that's my that's my life now. I'm a salesman. I'll sell anything. Whereas there's more to his success of he would constantly want to figure out what's coming next, Mm -hmm. understand everything about like and it made sense to him that if he's going to sell syndication, he's going to understand television. He's going to understand all aspects of television.
2: Right, he talked a lot about how learning, this was really where he kind of cut his teeth and learned everything that he took with him to WCW, and uh, I had a really cute segue in mind, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, he did get an opportunity. (laughs) 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 One opportunity to do something very new. They would do these massive shoot days of promos for the talent to hype up their live show matches in small markets around the country, or at least in the Midwest area, and Oh, did uh, Larry Nelson get himself in a little trouble one day? <laughs> the old the old stick guy. I think that's so the old when they say that, The old you know, stick guy. Got himself a little DWI, had to, you know, hang out in jail for a while, and they mm-hmm. were without a stick guy. Maybe he said stick guy. Or, or an interviewer. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> mad respect to the stick guys. And he Eric Bischoff sitting in his office. He's always got his clean suit coat and his clean tie there. And they say, "Always hey, be
0: prepared." Come
2: on down. That's right. You hear stories like that so often in wrestling, especially. Mm-hmm. And is, was this a story that you guys have heard before? No. This was also in his book, I believe.
1: I don't remember. it. I remember this from his book about, and it was just something the wrestling business drew him. Like he was trying to work his own stuff, mm-hmm. and then he was watching wrestling, and then noticed I should sell ads on this on this show. And then while dealing with the people who, like, buy the ads on the show, he wound up working for the show. And then it all just kind of felt gravitational at that point of just, like, well, you know, I'm prepared for anything. And then they call him down of, like, he is a good-looking, TV-friendly person who can... who
2: A former model, as as he told us on this episode. As
1: far as we can tell who can string words together in front of a camera, let's see what he does. Right. We have nothing else to do.
2: Well, he screwed up that first take, and Larry Zabisco didn't let any of it go unnoticed. I mean, of course, that's going to happen. But th-
1: this this was my
0: favorite part of this week's podcast. This this segment, because yeah. I mean, you know, as someone who does commentary and interviews, Chrissy, obviously, you've done plenty of it as well. Um, to hear this, to hear the story of him just kind of being thrown in there, screwing up
1: mm-hmm.
0: amongst one of the top guys in AWA. But then other guys willing to take the time to practice with him. Just like that shows so much like humble and respect as far as wanting to better their product, wanting to better their company. So, okay, this guy's down. We got to bring him up. And it was a, a one team mentality, which is really great to hear. In this area, because you hear so many stories of oh, this person big time, this, this person, this. Yeah. But then we talk about um Sergeant Slaughter amongst a few others. You know, oh well, let's take time afterwards to work on you just interviewing like simple questions mm-hmm. and, and to go through it. So I I found this fascinating, and I love that A, all these big time superstars were willing to help, and B, maybe more importantly, that Eric was willing to accept the help. Because mm-hmm. there are also many people that are just so stubborn that they're like, "No, I got this. Mm-hmm. No, we we don't need to do that. I don't need to spend this time doing this. All I'm doing is asking. What are your thoughts on your match? It's a lot harder than that.
2: <laughs> well, well, it is, and it was. It's kind of unusual to hear Bischoff talking about being vulnerable like that. You yes. know, he's, he's really admitting that he had no clue what he was doing and <laughs> didn't go particularly well at first. However, it went well enough for them to make him a full-time stick guy because... Uh, Can they, you say that again? They,
0: How, <sighs> would you say
2: full I'm sure it'll come up again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not stick guy. The way you said full-time.
2: Full time stick guy. That's
0: not how you said it a minute ago. There was an inflection on time. (laughs) Yeah, it was very interesting.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm not auditioning. What are you guys talking about? (laughs) But um, the AWA maybe couldn't quite afford to bring someone else on. They tried out a couple other guys, but it just wasn't working out. This is the point in the episode where we learn about Vern Gagne. I knew I was going to do that. I even Uh, wrote a little. The the show is following a a guy named Vern Gagne. Ganya, I have it right here, G-O-N-E-Y-A, Ganya. Sure. Ganya. Um, this is where we learn about his financial troubles with his house. He has this mansion that Bischoff says was worth probably 5 to $7 Um uh, back then, and he was borrowing against it. There'll be more on that later, of course. But also, this was the time when WWF, right, right before this, WWF was buying up the territories, and there was kind of a contentious exchange about that on this episode of 83 Weeks. This is so interesting to me. So, they start talking about how, how, um, well, Eric Bischoff basically says that... You know what? I don't know. Just talk. I mean, because it. It <laughs> I, I think they kind of,
3: because it sounded like Bischoff used the term. Uh, stolen. Stole, stolen. Stolen. Yes. Stolen well, yeah, stole talent but, from oh, the NBA. Oh, wait,
0: you said stolen. Oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't steal anybody.
3: <laughs> I mean, I always think that's funny whenever uh, you always hear about those terms because, you know, I think not too long ago, I think Pritchard said the same thing about like, oh, uh, you know, you Bischoff stole talent from WWF. It's like, dude, I don't think you can steal anybody. It's, it's you're, if you're under contract, you're not really allowed to steal. I mean, how is that even legally possible? I'm sure you maybe you know a little bit more about that seed, but if if they're if they're on a handshake deal, is it on is it on the promoter or the talent?
2: Right. Oh, that's a good point. Well, well, That's a great
1: point. I, as an ECW diehard and an original, if you will, you would think I would I wouldn't be siding with Eric here, but I do. Oh. Yeah. Paul didn't have Paul didn't have very strong agreements with anyone. We now realize because he also had a loose agreement with another company. Mm-hmm. He, he'll s- swear up and down it was about music, too. Cold Scorpio's music, but th- we all know there was something there that he was getting paid by the WWF the entire time. Mm-hmm. And that was part of it was that he couldn't have strong relations. He couldn't have actual strong ironclad deals with any of his guys. So Eric would come in and gleefully take them. Right. I think the reason everyone said steel about Eric with ECW is that he would very gleefully come in and be like, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's and I think, go. I you think don't it, have a contract? Let's go. And even so, like – You look at, you look at Hulk
3: Hogan and I guess Hulkamania. Yes, it really was born in AWA, but for AWA to have that kind of talent and to see where it became, Mm -hmm. like how do you, how do you not, you know, you look at what they did to Hulk Hogan and you look at other talent that quote unquote, WWF stole how do you not look at that track record and not want to go to wwf sure you know you look what they did with hogan it's like oh and they looked looked how, did this with heenan with, yeah, with everyone you look how they dropped the ball you know you know everybody who said Vern was kind of did it wasn't willing to change as far as you know his product and not you know going ahead with the time like yeah i don't blame talent wanting to go for greener pastures you know just i don't blame them yeah you can't blame them it's not, it's not vince's fault
2: well, according to Eric Bischoff, Vince "quote unquote" gutted the AWA <laughs> roster. Such dramatic language, love it.
1: I think it was every roster too. Like he, he took a little bit from everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he also preyed on the. And we talk like it's been spoken many times about Vince and the ter- what Vince McMahon Jr. did to the territory system. Mm-hmm. The territory system was all based on handshake agreements to not compete. And he came in there and realized they were all just handshake agreements and just started competing. <laughs> and it's like, they didn't shake my hand. They yeah, didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't sh- shake my dad's hand. They didn't shake my hand.
3: And if I was a wrestler, like, why wouldn't I want to go to the territory that's got cable TV where I can be seen all over
0: the country? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this one will result in me making more money and uh, more exposure. Uh, sure.
1: Mm-hmm. One
2: game. Well, either way, things weren't looking terribly well for the AWA, so they came up with this team Challenge series, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this new concept, and it was sort of meant to camouflage the lack of live crowd that was happening at the show. Chroma Key was a brand new thing. (laughs) That's green screen people. Did any of this make anything make more sense to you? Like were you like, oh, well, because you guys didn't watch AWA, right? So you weren't like, oh, that's what that was.
1: Um, I've seen the stills, especially now, because they're on they're on the network, so people are yeah. writing articles about them. So I've seen the stills and I've seen like I've seen clips of this before without context. So at least I have context. It doesn't shock me at all that a company like AWA at that time would burn money to make a pilot in hopes that someone would in hopes that someone would let it be. Mm-hmm. And that—that's what it sounded like to me. That they were like, "Well, how how do we play down? How do we play down the fact that we don't have an audience?" Hmm. And someone somewhere said, "Well, well, we have yeah, we beca- have editing
0: because there, there there's an empty arena match, which once in a blue moon gets done, which I'm personally not a fan of because the crowd reaction is such a huge part of a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And then there's we will just a uh, CGI an audience inside." And maybe make some noises.
2: It sounds mm. so bizarre.
0: It's it's just like, no. What's like, funny <laughs> is
1: that's something you could pull off today. You could 100% pull that sure. off. Sure. You could pull that off today and probably conv- make it fairly convincing that the entire audience is actually just green. Huh. And then you CG an audience in. It's usually cheaper to pay them 10 an hour cash. Anyway. That, that, that's, that,
0: I, that's good old game show audience work right that, there.
1: That, yeah. it's clapping for dollars.
2: <laughs> love that. I love that. Let's talk about DDP. Diamond Dallas <laughs> Page. This was a guy who came around to the AWA and I guess ruffled Eric Bischoff's feathers. So shall we say he, uh, according to Bischoff, was, was too tall and uh, Vern was particular about making the wrestlers look tall. This is still a freaking thing these days (laughs) so uh, he had this bischoff's other problem with ddp was that he made the talent look small he was loud and he talked a lot and he was always promoting himself (sighs) according to bischoff although i would say that's probably pretty easy to believe Mm. we're not going to call bs on that right well, it came to a head between these guys in Rochester, Minnesota, at one of those ESPN tapings. Um there was like a a sponsorship event and DDP was according to Bischoff being rude to the wait staff and he had had enough. He had also had about 6 to 8 beers.
0: What what, what if he was in character? <laughs>
2: when that happened yes. to the waitstaff oh. that's no, no, like I mean, being in character to another character it,
0: but, but <laughs> I mean that was the one thought that came to me during this because like you know if it's a public event where you're, you have the super, maybe some of them will act in character especially yeah. in the 80s
2: he talked about how Vern was really into keeping the kayfabe even to Bischoff who worked for the company right. so that would make a lot of sense
0: mm-hmm.
2: hmm. once in a while
0: I can think of something oh. that makes sense
2: they took Not it outside them. boys and of course, woke up the next day feeling embarrassed and worried. He didn't say a lot about what actually happened during the fight. I kind of wanted to hear the a little of- bit more, but is it just because that nothing really happened? Duck
0: clothesline, diamond cutter, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep so predictable yeah, <laughs> yeah no what I kind of wanted to hear like who was there who was pulling them apart who which guys took on which guy to grab them you know like I, I just love a pull apart so I needed more details on that <laughs>
1: I, don't know, this, I don't know I think I feel like because they're both probably I don't know about friendly but like not not friendly
2: mm-hmm.
1: that maybe they've decided this is a Rocky 3 ending Oh, that they're just like yeah man she's seen the other guy <laughs> for, for context Rocky 3 ended with <laughs> Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa in a freeze frame Right before they were about to go at it at a gym where no one else was around. So they both get to say whatever they want happened, happened. And this segment was brought to you by Creed, too. Now in theater <laughs> No, it's not. It, we're not sponsored
0: by them. We're, we're not. No, we're not sponsored oh. by them.
2: We are not. We are also not <laughs> sponsored by scantily clad women. team. Which the Team Challenge series. what about Blue series? <laughs> not, not that either. Okay. Not yet. Well, I swear we will be in a roundabout way, I guess, when we... <laughs> Join the 83 Weeks YouTube channel. This week,
0: nonchalant sponsor, Blue Chew.
2: And then maybe you guys will want to see this, quote, stage full of hookers from 1989. I mean, uh, another thing, I, I that I did find. Mm, yes, on, on I also network. found us, I, You did too? This
1: was everywhere, yes. It wasn't
2: that bad. I think maybe my meter is off because we watched Hot Lesbian Action last week. Mm. But like, I wasn't super offended by that.
1: <laughs> I'm never offended by that, I think. Okay. Really? No, I'm kidding. J- I've, <laughs> that was- I think TV is over-violenced and undersexed. That's how I feel most television is, if you ask me. <laughs> All right. Well, I killed Steve- the room with that comment. <laughs> All right.
0: Steve-, Steve wants more TV 14 action.
2: Well, you can get. Any kind of action on home video, yes, something <laughs> that uh, Bischoff took note of, and he said he explained how wrestling is an evergreen. That means it, it's something that can be that it's not timely. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't matter if it's next week or a month from now or a year from now when you're watching it, it won't be out of date. But that's not the case with wrestling. However, they had this full library, and I guess it was unusual at that time to even keep all these tapes. But Vern did it, smart guy and uh, Bischoff thought he would maybe put together a little home video. This is where he says he learned the most about psychology, He that he no one had, quote, smartened him up to psychology in this year of 1989, and he learned a ton from watching all of this footage to put this video together. That was really interesting to me, especially the Road Warrior animal example. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to that, George? It just
3: reminded me of, like I said mentioned earlier, the videotape that I had, where it was like a Hulk Hogan. I remember I got it as a gift, and I was like, how come... And I was watching, I'm like, this isn't Hulk Hogan in WWF, but just this was me watching it in 1990, 1991, where I was like, this is still pretty amazing because it was like Hulk Hogan before he was, you know, Hulkamane in WWF. So, yeah, I I think for that factor of it, they saw that there was a little bit of value in having this library and really reselling it to to the masses before WWF even did it because they were more like compilation and, you know, putting out their, 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 their tapes and whatnot, which was like... You know, at at the time, like what I'm gonna trying to say, like event like Super Tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and they also I guess like and also they had a separate company, similar to how ECW had RF video, like a Col- Coliseum Video was a loosely affiliated company mm-hmm. to the WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. That it took them a while to really understand they needed to pull the reins in on distribution, mm-hmm. that you need to own it and distribute it yourself, and mm-hmm. then that's that's the only way you'll make money. Right, but really, also the
0: breakdown on how he figured out psychology, mm-hmm. all of this because I I love that because, and it, I find it really interesting because he brought up. I mean, he wasn't trying to like insult the Road Warriors or anything like that, but but he was just like, you know, when a heel does this and they say this, and then they go out and do exactly that. Well, many times that's not really what a heel's supposed to do. Because I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, everyone looks at Ric Flair as the like most natural hero. How many times did he? Capromo saying, "Oh, I'm gonna do this, do this, do this." Then he gets his, he gets his ass kicked, cheats to win, mm-hmm. and then the next day, bro, did you see how I did that? Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, the way to get heat, the way to get booed, the mm-hmm. way to get a reaction. Um, so I think, I think that's why it just naturally over time made the World Warriors just like ultimate babyfaces eventually, right? Uh, because oh no, they they're really tough guys and they do exactly what they say they're gonna do. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Let's, that's what let's what now face, cheer them instead.
1: Yeah, that's what a baby face is supposed to be like. Right,
0: I'm but go they were be, they were trying to be
1: the heels. Yeah, the heel the heel is never supposed to win clean. Right, the the inside term clean. The inside term. <laughs> the inside. I, I term. think the
2: folks out there are, are privy. privy privy to a clean win. They're still outside.
1: <laughs> they read the book. They're still outside. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs>
2: Uh, they did. Well, despite Eric Bischoff's best uh attempts even with this home video, things continue to go downhill for the AWA. He says it's paychecks slowed. These were these six hundred dollar paychecks. I love hearing money. Yes. Stuff. I know I'm like a, I'm like nosy and that's like kinda trashy or whatever to talk about money, but I love to hear it. No,
3: me I love too. to hear it. And it's right? also me too.
1: Also, it's like twenty years I if I were doing anything important. 20 years ago, I would gladly tell you what my salary was. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's super, I don't think that's super inside or wrong, where it's like the AWA is very much out of, are defunct. You, are you saying this is not important? No, I'm saying, I'm no, I'm saying. I want to know what you made 20 years ago. Right now. <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> you probably had <have> a lemonade <laughs> I made, stand. I made 15 a week to do the dishes. Damn, that's 15 a, a week! Seven nights a week. I twice a day. That's a lot. That's amazing. I got five. I got five dollars
3: a week. There you go, a dollar a day, right? Well, I'm
1: the youngest of three, and then I'm the youngest of three, and they were paying each of they were paying each of us five, and then I I entrepreneurially took it from the other two. Actually,
0: actually, actually, I I can brag. I guess when I was 15, that was when I got my first drum student, where I charged $15 for an hour. Yo, what?
1: Wow, wow. Wow.
2: Well, it (laughs) sounds like you all are honest in your business dealings. (laughs) I got nothing. However, uh, they, they talk about the checks, so the checks slowed, then they stopped coming, but Bischoff says that Vern was always honest with him. He never lied. He told them, hey, it's not coming, maybe it'll be a week, maybe it'll be a month. He, he didn't know, and they compare this to what Paul Heyman did during ECW, and he kind of takes this opportunity to rip on Paul Heyman for the checks in the mail kind of stuff. This was pretty juicy. So
1: Conrad called him out on it specifically because mm-hmm. he was talking about how he respected Vernon this time, and then he had to explain, like, "Yeah, but like Vernon told me, I, under- I understand if you need to quit right the second you have a family. The, tr- the money will get here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Might be through bankruptcy court, but you will get the money." And I think he's right. Paul didn't really tell anyone, but I think you kind of knew what you were getting into with Paul a little. Mm-hmm. That Paul wasn't telling anyone the right. Ra- Paul wasn't telling anyone the truth at any point during ECW. So, like, at that point, and Tommy Dreamer tells stories about how, like, they would literally hang out at the bank Mm -hmm. and wait for the deposit to clear. Hmm. And then boys would come and cash their checks. It was ridiculous.
2: Well, this is also where he sort of explains, Bischoff explains his friendship with Vern and his family and says that he looked up to Vern and that there was so much loyalty between the two of them. That was nice to hear. Mm. I I don't know if that exists in this business Mm -hmm. anymore.
1: I don't know if there are that many Vern Gagne's left in this that's business. A
2: that, that's a good point. He even asked, Bischoff even asked Vern for his permission when he went and did the the WWF audition that we've heard so much about. Were you guys surprised that he would do that?
0: Um, I, th- I think based on how he described the relationship, then mm-hmm. that did not surprise me at all that he would do that. And, I mean, because it it, it shows loyalty. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, I mean, there are... I, I I've done sim- similar situations where, like, if I'm working exclusively with somebody for a while, but another opportunity comes up, before I just jump and try to do it, I would talk with them first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes um, I didn't have the best result from that. But, <laughs> but other times I'm like, oh, no, I appreciate you doing that. And it worked for me in the long run. I've
1: I've had similar conversations. And I've always framed them without coming off terrible as symbolic or formalities of, like, Hey, I'm down three here. Three syllable words. But like, <laughs> hey, um, hey, I'm down here. You're not paying me. I have an opportunity to go to the WWF. I can, I can go, right? Huh. Like, like it, I'm sure it wasn't quite that bad, but it's, it's a formality. It's kind of like asking, it's kind of like asking a girl, your girlfriend's father, to marry her. Like, it's not. Back in the day, that used to be super formal. Like yes. you You've engaged. No, oh, okay. um, you would have to be offering six goats and a mule, or something, <laughs> and like negotiating a dowry and all the things, Whereas now it's right. very, it's very much just symbolic. Of, you, you I just don't want to text. I don't, yeah, well, <laughs> don't want to do this without you knowing.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and he does describe Vern as short-tempered and stubborn. I guess Vern's not someone who I know a ton about personally, so I didn't, I didn't know that. Was that the reputation that you guys? A little have, bit, because you—I always heard ideas. stories
3: about like Hulk Hogan and him offering the Iron Sheik money to break Hulk Hogan's leg. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, always, that's the stuff. most famous. But line. yeah, I, I think I think in terms of like being stubborn, like yeah, a little bit. I mean, because that that story has, has kind of been around for years and years and Still, years. And there might
0: be times where he where he does get bitter, like with Hogan leaving or other people yeah. that eventually that's left true. AWA. Yeah, because <clears throat> a lot there was a lot of talent there that all left. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, how it all comes to a close in the fall of 1990 when AWA becomes inactive. Vern stripped Larry disco of his title and filed for bankruptcy. But we found out something that we've never known before. This was the big bombshell in here. Vern was not just fighting for awa he was fighting the state of minnesota over something mm. called eminent domain law which which i've heard of before mm. had you guys did you is never eminent, heard of
1: it dodger stadium is eminent domain google it it's terrible oh wow there was a chavez ravine was a whole community and they told everyone in that community to, that they were gonna you have to move out so we can fix it up and then you can come back and they moved everyone out, and then they built Dodger Stadium, and they brought the Dodgers in from Brooklyn. That's imminent domain. Oh wow!
2: See, huh. it's a
1: crash course history in eminent domain. It wow! It sounds
2: like a like a Cali thing. Yeah, it doesn't really sound. <laughs> but like a you look so of this now.
1: Yeah, if really. You, there's like a schoolhouse still there, like under Dodger Stadium. Because <laughs> well, if you've ever been to Dodger Stadium, <laughs> you realize you just how school? like if you if you've ever been to Dodger Stadium and you're like, this is so perfect, like this is it's because people found it and we're like, this is perfect, it's ours now. And then the city came in and it's like, no. They're coming from Brooklyn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Sorry. Domain is, I love that have, story.
2: <laughs> Now we know. Now, now we, we know. know. The
1: city can just take it. If they want to build a highway, if they want to do anything, they can just take it.
2: Yeah, and at a, a much discounted price, Vern's house was worth about $10 million, and they were offering him just a couple million. He had to take the deal, and it collapsed him financially. It's, that's so sad, but... I, I think maybe knowing that there was another aspect going on than just wrestling, that it wasn't just that the promotion failed or that Vern failed, I that was a good look Yeah, for the business to
1: mm-hmm. me. Well, and it was also just highly, and it was a highly unfortunate like decade for Vern mm-hmm. in the sense that that was happening. He was already mortgaging the house to fund AWA because Vince McMahon was turning up the competition. Mm-hmm. However you want to say he was doing, he was definitely turning up the competition that you had to pump more money into the AWA. There were no more handshake deals where you get to – you get to exist in Minnesota and then everyone else gets to do other stuff. Right. Like there were, no, there was none of that. So he needed to get on ESPN. He needed to ramp up. He needed to – and then he had to close the doors and then he couldn't even get what his house was worth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is just a rough story.
2: Yeah. It made me uh, want to do a little more research about what all happened after that and to the rest of the family and – I will get um, back to you with all that stuff that. I saw his
1: Hall of Fame speech. He yeah. he made it. He was still there. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's my way of saying I didn't research it either. <laughs> but he oh, yeah, seemed happy at the Hall of Fame that one time.
2: That's right. That's right. Who inducted him?
1: His son Who probably yeah. Greg. It was I think Greg. Was his son. Yeah, Greg Anya? Okay. Greg. Yeah.
2: All, right. all right. We'll pull that up on the WWE network and watch it. 83 Weeks has a promo code if you need it. And also, while we're on that, someone tell me when it's been seven weeks and six days since evolution. Please. (laughs) On a personal note. And uh, while we're on Vern, this is kind of how we wrapped up 83 Weeks was with Bischoff saying he still gets weepy when he talks about Vern. He's very grateful for the opportunities that working for the AWA afforded his children. And um, he wouldn't be, his life wouldn't be what it was today. He wouldn't be who he was without. Vern in the AWA, and that he'll never forget it. This was such a beautiful ending to to his AWA story, wasn't it?
3: Eric Bischoff has become such a character in the last few years. You know, you think Bischoff, you think, like, you know, kind of his mean streak in WCW. And I've said this before a few weeks ago, where when you kind of hear, in this case, hear the personal side, the uh, vulnerable side of Bischoff, like, that's when it's like, oh, you know what, this guy's a good guy. You know, because so, you kind of hear who he really is. Not not the character Eric Breshoff, but the person Eric Breshoff. So, hearing him talk about Vern like this, it's like, you know, it's good good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you You always want to, you know, you don't want to forget the people who really gave you your start in, in whatever that field is. I mean, we all can name someone, oh, this was the person who really helped me to start this. Mm-hmm. And this is where I went from it. And this is the case here. And it's it's great when you can admit, because, again, we know, we also all know plenty of people be like, oh, no, I did this on my own. Mm-hmm. No one ever does anything 100% on their own. And it takes a lot to accept that mm-hmm. and be able to admit that. Yeah. And he showed it.
2: Oh, how Mm. eloquent, Christian Rosenberg. (laughs) Once
0: in a while, I can do that, too. Once in a while, I think. Once in a while, I'm eloquent. Most of the time, I'm a jackass.
2: (laughs) Well, I I, did you guys... Okay, so you are all concerned that you aren't AWA experts. After this episode, do you feel uh, confident in your knowledge? I feel
1: confident in Eric's side of... Okay. His his portion of the because he grew up watching the AWA so yeah. like the vastness that was the AWA this only scratched the time that Eric was actually there mm-hmm. and I feel pretty well versed in that portion and especially because a lot of the guys he talked about he was talking about them because they're noteworthy so they're people we know about now so that that kind of fills fills kind of the gaps on like a DDP story or a, or a like Road Warrior Warriors story yeah, or a Nick Bakwin mm-hmm. story there he's like oh that's what he was doing around 88, mm-hmm. 89 Eric said this that one time, right. <laughs> and, then, and now we know. And on the on a SmackDown show a month from now, I'll be able to bring it up, and everyone will go. But we're talking about <laughs> the Bella Twins. <laughs> Woo. Wait, what? What just happened?
2: Well, you said Bella Twins, and I'm wearing a Birdie Bee shirt, so I felt the need to go. Whoop!
0: whoop. I just want to know why the Bellas are back on SmackDown all of a sudden. In the corner of you? The oh, the,
1: they're on whatever show they want to be on. Jeez, oh, uh-huh. they have the Cena contract. They have a USA Network contract.
2: <laughs> Someday we'll all be talking about that, I'm sure. In due time, when they have their shows and they're spilling all the dirt. But speaking of this show right here, we don't know actually what they're going to cover on 83 Mystery. weeks next week it is a mystery would you guys care to uh venture a guess maybe just with where we're going all with all this with the last couple weeks or Well,
0: it's kind of like bounced from from thing to thing. I mean, one thing that kind of dawned on me, now, I don't know, he might have already had a past episode on this, mm-hmm. and if so, I have not heard it yet, so I apologize in advance. I would love to hear one cuz he's chronicled like certain wrestlers. Yeah. Does anyone know if he's done one on Rey Mysterio? No. No. I would love that. Mm. Because that's where he like came up, like the story of how they really discovered him, how he k- really created the cruiserweight division around him, doing the time without the mask. Mm-hmm. I think it would, I think that'd be a fun one, and
2: mm. this would be a great time to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, while he's still around. Like, right so, now, he's back, thinking about back about that in too. Because yeah. I always
0: wanted to hear the story. You hear a lot of
3: stories where Bischoff was forcing essentially Mr. go to take off the mask, but the way you you, you hear about it, it's so like. Like, he forced them to take the mask off, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to, like, screw the Mexican tradition. So I kind of want to hear Bischoff's side of it. Which yeah, I'm sure you would it's... imagine isn't. Like, what, you wh- would
1: imagine wouldn't be as hard as it's always sounded. Well, yeah, I'm,
3: I'm sure in advance I'm already calling BS on whatever, <laughs> whatever Bischoff's explanation of taking the mask off. You hear this,
0: Eric? You're, so you're coming on next week. We want Mysterio. George's already calling BS. <laughs> I want to hear all about it.
2: Well, I'm wondering if maybe with all the TLC hoopla that's going on, if they're going to somehow, I don't know, work that into something, I don't know, one of the wrestlers or one of the... Well, it's
3: December, so I feel like uh, at some point throughout the next few weeks, we're going to start hearing some of Starcade episodes, maybe about Starcade 97, maybe in a few weeks. But as Mm. far as next week, because I think it's already December next week. Screw uh, yeah. Well, and
1: there was also um, I distinctly remember I wouldn't be able to tell you the exact year, but there was a Nitro where Eric was a part of, on screen, a part of the NWO, mm-hmm. where at one point he would, he was literally singing Christmas carols in the ring. I would have to Google exactly what year that was, but that would be that. Probably ninety-seven. That Nitro, Nitro, probably ninety-seven. Oh, a December something Nitro of ninety-seven. <laughs> that that's my call. Y'all should do that.
2: Okay. Well, we will see. <laughs> we will tune in to see if we are right. But make sure if you guys have questions when you do listen to the episode next week, whatever they do talk about, tweet them at us using hashtag after 83 weeks. And you can also probably reach out to us personally. Mention us. Do a little tag. That probably increases your chances. And where would? how do they tag you? What's the old username? The handle. Oh. The, how, how do they reach out to you on the Twitter?
0: How do they How do they talk to little old me? Little old you. Little old me. Well, you know what? On Twitter, I'm at at Real Rosenberg. At, I can't say it. At Real Rosenberg. Instagram, at The Real Rosenberg. Poroscenties.com slash Christian Rosenberg. So even, you know, not only will we shout you out or read your question, if you buy a shirt, I'm going to make sure you go to the front of the line. We're <laughs>
2: Yes.
1: We're going to literally have to unplug his microphone. He's going to have so many questions yes. of
0: people who bought shirts. That's right. is <laughs> um, my way of
1: selling shirts, guys. I'm Steve Kaufman. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I run the YouTube pages for many wrestling podcasts, including 83 Weeks and Something to Wrestle With. You should go ahead and watch clips on those channels. I am George Hermosa. You can
3: follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, December 12th. 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 I don't know who I'm wrestling, but I'm sure I'm going to wrestle someone good
0: at right, and I'll, I'll oh, be there I was too.
3: At, at Wrestling Pro Wrestling I Wrestle- East Sixteenth Street it's uh, down LA. LA okay George
0: and I will post it the Devastator two, 2 will fun. be there it's the be evil, evil will be, be there it's gonna be there. lots of fun guys. it's gonna be a lot of
2: fun that's cool well so guys make sure you go to the 83 Weeks YouTube channel and subscribe so that you don't miss us we still will be on After Buzz um, through Apple Podcasts so if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts don't worry, nothing's going to change. You'll still get our episode as soon as it goes up. And uh, make sure you follow me also at Christy Reports for all the latest details on this exciting news. Our, our big, cool, new, fun venture. And we're so happy to share it all with you guys. So we will see you next week. Have a great one.